welcome to another episode of Wealth Planning Illuminated. I am your host, Teresa Marks, a senior wealth strategist at CIBC Private Wealth in the U.S. I am joined today by my colleague, Daniel Blaustein, a certified financial planner at CIBC Private Wealth. In today's episode, Daniel and I will discuss retirement planning in your 20s and 30s. This is part two in our four-part series focused on retirement planning. Okay, let's get started. So we often get a lot of questions about retirement, and I, I think the answers really often depend on where you are in terms of you know your age, your stage, if you will. Uh, so in this podcast, why don't we focus on people in their 20s and 30s, really those people that are maybe just starting out, you know, starting their retirement savings, maybe they're you know kind of having their first or their second jobs and really starting to focus on retirement planning a little bit more. So, Daniel, as a certified financial planner, you know, where should people start, um, you know, from your perspective? Um, you know, what should people be thinking about as they are in their 20s and 30s and really start to focus on retirement planning? When you're thinking about putting money in that retirement bucket, this is money that we are not trying to touch for decades. So it's got a very long time horizon. And there's a couple options. It really depends on if you have employer-sponsored plans like a 401k or 403b, or you're just in an individual retirement account, just an IRA. Generally speaking, there's a couple options that you have. You can either go into the Roth or you can go into the traditional. And the other consideration that you want to have is how much money am I going to be putting into this? Because yes, it's very important to take care of your future self. That's incredibly important. But it's also really important to be mindful of not hurting your current self and not putting your current cash flow in a crunch. Okay, so thinking about those those two things, both you know, kind of the types of retirement accounts, and then I think kind of contributions, how you know how you get money in there. So what are the differences between the Roth and traditional? What should somebody know if they're looking at their you know either an individual retirement account or looking at their employer sponsored plan? You know, what's the difference there? What should they know about that? So a Roth account, you're putting in after tax dollars. You're paying taxes now. And then in the future, when you pull money out of that account, you're never paying taxes again. From a traditional, a pre-tax account, you're putting in money that's never been taxed. It's going to grow. And then when you pull it out, that's when the taxes get paid. So the big difference is Roth, you pay taxes now. Traditional, you pay taxes later. So then getting to the contributions. Um, so what should people be considering as, as they're trying to decide, you know, how much to contribute to you know, either a Roth account or a traditional account. This is a very personal decision. Again, we want to be mindful of your current cash flow needs, but also we really want to set ourselves up for success in the future. So if you don't have an employer-sponsored plan, let's just look at the IRA, the max contribution amount right now is six, $6,000. And I'd say we really want to do our best to try to maximize that. And that can feel hard, but you know, at the sake of sounding like a infomercial for less than $20 a day, you can set yourself up to have a much better financial future. And those are the kind of things you really need to be mindful of. So if you have just an IRA, I'd really try to max it out on the employer sponsored side of things, 401ks, 403bs, those have a much higher max contribution level. It's over $20,000 right now. And that can be really, really hard when you're coming out of college saying, wow, I'm not making as much as I would like to be 
you know, as I will in the future. So I really don't feel comfortable putting that much money in. So I say the rule of thumb is if your company offers an employer match, your minimum contribution amount into that plan should be what their maximum contribution amount is. So hypothetically, let's say they're willing to cover 100% of the first 4% of your salary, then you need to put in at least 4% of your salary so you're not leaving any money on the table. Now, a really cool thing to do, it's a great trick, is as you continue to work and as you continue to you know, get those little bumps in pay because your company is trusting you with more responsibility and so hopefully your salary is increasing over time, every year, whether it's end of the year in December, beginning of the year in January, go in to your custodian, wherever it may be housed, that retirement account, and increase your contribution 1%. Just every single year as you go in and it goes from 4% to 5% to 6%, you'll see that by the time you really get to those higher earning years, you're going to be getting relatively close to that max contribution amount. And that's where we want to be to really set ourselves up for financial success when we're in retirement. So it's really kind of looking at your own budget, trying to hit that employer match and then and then trying to increase it every year to, to get a little bit closer at least to, to that match to really maximize what we're able to put in these accounts. That's exactly right. And I guess I'd be remiss not to say that I'm a really big fan of the Roth accounts, especially when you're young and you're in those generally lower earning years because you're going to have less tax implication now. And then as you get older, as your salary increases, maybe you kind of jump to a different tax bracket. You can look at a different option at that time. But I think out of the gate, putting money into a tax-free wrapper like the Roth provides is a great start for any person really thinking about funding their retirement account. Mm -hmm. And I also think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but typically an employer-sponsored planners, employer-sponsored match, that is, um, that's going to go into a more traditional 401k or 403b, whereas the what the employee is contributing could go into the Roth. So I think sometimes when you have that employer match, it's a nice way to diversify. You've got a little bit in a Roth and you've got a little bit in a traditional, so you've got exposure to both. That's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up because employer matches are always pre-tax. Even if you have a Roth account, the employer matching is not going to go into that. Just like you said, it's going to go into that pre-tax traditional side of things. So as somebody is looking at, okay, so let's say they've decided, okay, they know what type of account they're going to contribute. They know how much they're going to contribute. I think the next typical question we get is, what do I do with it once it's in there, right? I mean, in terms of what are some of those investment considerations um, someone should be taking into account as they are trying to invest those retirement dollars? So when you're in an employer-sponsored plan, there's generally, I'll call it a smaller menu of options. With an IRA, you tend to have more investment choices. But one of the most common things that you'll see is target date funds. What's a target date fund? It essentially says, Pick a date in the future that you plan on retiring, and we're going to use that as our benchmark. And over time, as I get closer and closer to that retirement age, my portfolio in this fund is going to change from being more aggressive because I have a longer time horizon. And as I approach retirement, it's going to get more conservative. It's going to have lower volatility assets take up the majority of the count as I'm getting closer to that target date. Is that something with a target date fund? That's something that's automatically adjusting as time goes on. Once you pick that fund, it happens automatically in that fund. Is that correct? That's correct. It's really a set it and forget it. It's going to do its own thing. So you don't have to make any manual changes to that 
investment. Now, I'm a big, big believer in broad diversification. And although those target date funds tend to be diversified, I think it's also important to look a little bit outside of that because I don't like putting all of my eggs in one basket. So you can also look and see what other options are on that menu. For instance, US equities, large cap, mid cap, small cap, that's just the type of, you know, companies that you're investing in, large cap are the bigger companies, small cap are the smaller ones. Uh, developed international, those are foreign countries that have been around for a while. Think of you know, older European countries, the UK, Canada, Japan, they have very established economies. You know, there's usually emerging market options out there too. Again, those are foreign countries, but they're the ones that are really developing. They're growing in this global economy that we have. So think China, India, Mexico, and then usually they offer some other investment opportunities, kind of tactical choices like real estate or commodities. Those are just ways to, again, increase diversification. And then along with those, you also have those very safe investments like bond funds or high yield bond funds. And those are ones that, you know, generally speaking, those are going to have lower weightings in the target date fund as you're younger because over time you know you have the ability to be more aggressive now so those are options as well and we tend to prioritize those as we get closer to retirement as opposed to when we're in our 20s and 30s okay so really with any of these it's really kind of about your risk tolerance in terms of kind of what you want your exposure to be and as you said really thinking about diversification not putting all of your eggs in one basket so that as as you you know you start in your 20s and 30s but eventually you're going to be in your 40s and your 60s etc you're going to you're going to want to make sure that you're you're planning for that long term and really thinking about your individual circumstances and is this something that typically you people would work with their investment advisor on to make sure they're on the right track? I think that's a great conversation to have with your investment advisor because, you know, any good relationship manager is going to want to know how you're invested across all of their accounts so they can really be tactical about how you're invested, whether or not they manage that money or not. They want to make sure that you're not overexposed in a certain area. So some people use their retirement account and say, I've got some really great developed international choices. So I'm overexposed in that. Well, the relationship manager knowing that helps them really balance out the entire portfolio. So I think leveraging your your advisor is a great way to really engage in that holistic conversation when it comes to allocation. So it's really not about just diversification within your retirement account. It's really about diversification across the board and making sure you're thinking about where all of your accounts are and how they're invested. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of moving a little bit beyond, you know, kind of your traditional retirement planning or what you think of when you when you might be thinking about retirement are really those other benefits that, you know, kind of as, as you're starting a new job, you kind of, you know, you're hit with, you know, here are all these options and how do you choose? So what are some of those other benefits that, that people can take advantage of that could help, you know, both now as well as in the future when they're thinking about retirement? Yeah, that's a really good question because we don't want to leave anything on the table that we don't have to. So for instance, a lot of companies will offer life insurance and sometimes up to your salary or up to double your salary, it's a free benefit. So anything that's free, you want to take advantage of. As you build out your family, as you get a spouse and kids and more people become reliant on your income, you can look at the supplemental life insurance that's offered through your employer as well. It's a great way to use a group policy, get bigger death benefits for a smaller premium so you can get more for less. It's a great tool, but the 
downfall, the the one negative that you just need to be mindful of is employer-sponsored life insurance doesn't go with you if you change jobs. So it really acts like term life insurance if you don't have a policy outside of work. So just be mindful of that. Another benefit, which is pretty common you'll see, is healthcare. And generally there's a couple types. For young people, 20s and 30s, I'm a big fan of the HSA. That's a health savings account that's usually tied to a high deductible plan. And you know the other option is the traditional PPO. What's the difference between the two? Well, a high deductible health plan has lower premiums, higher deductibles. It's kind of like a seesaw relationship. So I'm going to pay less every single month to have this insurance coverage. But if the bills start racking up, my deductible is at a higher threshold. For people who have guaranteed medical bills, I would say you really probably wouldn't want to do that. You'd want to leverage the traditional PPO. But generally speaking, for a lot of young 20s and 30-year-olds, you're young, you've got time to accumulate some wealth and the HSA allows you to you know contribute up to a certain amount every single year and as long as you don't use it it continues to grow over time and it's all pre-tax dollars so as long as you're using it for qualified medical expenses you're never paying taxes on this money and we want as much bang for our buck as we can get and you might not have medical expenses now but your spouse, your kids, it does add up over time. And then the last thing I'd point out is if your company offers uh, FSA for childcare, it's another great way to save for known expenses with pre-tax dollars. So anytime you have the ability to leverage pre-tax accounts through your employer, I highly recommend it. So those are really ways to, you know, similar to that traditional 401k where you're able to put assets into an account, whether it's a health savings account or HSA or child care FSA, you're able to put those pre-tax dollars in there, use them for certain types of expenses and never have to pay taxes on them. That's exactly right. All right. So, and I will, you know, as we, as we kind of wrap this up, I will say, you know, I would be remiss not to mention beneficiary designations, you know, on all of these accounts we're talking about, you know, retirement accounts and HSA, you know, you want to think about, you know, who the beneficiaries are. And I know a lot of times when we're in our twenties and thirties, it's hard to think about the what if, um, you know, if someone were to pass away, where would those assets go? But it's really important as you're setting up these accounts, as you're contributing more and more assets to those accounts to really think about, you know, what if something happened to you, where would those accounts go? So to make sure that you're, you know, filling those forms out and it's consistent, revisiting them every so often to make sure, you know, should it be your parents, a sibling, a friend, a charity, um, you have a lot of options. So don't leave that that part, part of it on the table as you're doing your planning. So Daniel, I think if I can, you know, summarize it, you know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, it's really about getting started. It's really about, you know, kind of evaluating the two different types of accounts, really thinking about how much can you contribute within your own budget, and then thinking about the investment considerations, and then and then adding on some of those other employer options to really maximize, you know, the, the dollars you're getting from your employer and minimize, um, hopefully, um, the taxes that you're paying. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wealth Planning Illuminated. We hope you found this topic interesting and that you will continue to explore the variety of wealth planning topics available to you on this channel. Thank you and have a great day. CIBC Private Wealth Management includes CIBC National Trust Company, CIBC Delaware Trust Company, CIBC Private Wealth Advisors Incorporated, all of which are wholly owned subsidiaries of CIBC Private Wealth Group LLC and the private banking division of CIBC Bank USA. All of these entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. 
This document is intended for informational purposes only, and the material presented should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell any security. Concepts expressed are current as of the date of this publication only may change without notice. Such concepts are the opinions of our investment professionals, many of whom are chartered financial analyst charter holders or certified financial planner professionals. Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards Incorporated owns the certification marks CFP and Certified Financial Planner in the U.S. There is no guarantee that these views will come to pass. Past performance does not guarantee future comparable results. The tax information contained herein is general and for informational purposes only. CIBC Private Wealth Management does not provide legal or tax advice, and the information contained herein should only be used in consultation with your legal, accounting, and tax advisors. To the extent that information contained herein is derived from third-party sources, although we believe the sources to be reliable, we cannot guarantee their accuracy. The CIBC logo is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Investment products are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.